Thanks for listening to the Voice Church Podcast. We are a new life-giving multi-ethnic church located in Orange County, California. We meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Tustin. For more information, check out our social media or our website at www.voice.church. And now, let's tune in to this week's message. All right. All right, you guys can go ahead and have a seat. I feel like there's a lot of boat drivers in here. Was, uh, I'm impressed, you guys. I feel like that was one of our liveliest conversations in a while. I'm kind of surprised. So I'll share with you mine. Um, if I haven't met you yet, by the way, my name's Natalie. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And I don't, use, <laughs> I don't use this kind of microphone very often, but I need my hands today, so just bear with me. <laughs> um, so actually, I'm going to tell you my little story. So actually, I did, I've driven multiple kinds of boats. So growing up, I went to summer camp. Raise your hand if you went to summer camp. And one of our courses that we always got to do was canoeing. And so I was all up in that canoe. I was good at it. I can still, to this day, like, I can steer a canoe. I mean canoe okay I know what I'm doing in a canoe I also um, used to live on a lake in up, up in northern Wisconsin the whole town was like around a lake and we had one of those little motor boats that you you know you kind of drive with the you guess what I'm talking about I know we don't have that here because we have the ocean and those like won't survive but on a lake it works it's just like a little motor with a little stick and you just kind of anyway uh, so we had one, I did one of those, and then just against my, you know, they're probably their better judgment, my grandparents let me drive their pontoon boat when I was like eight, so that probably wasn't very smart, but you know, Wisconsin, so what can I say? Uh, we're a little crazy up there, but anyways, uh, I digress, so I actually have a story to tell you about the canoe, so when I was about 10 years old, my parents took me out on a <coughs> church canoeing trip. And because I was the smallest one, even though I probably was a little bit more experienced than either of my parents, uh, they were like, well, we're stronger. We're going on a, you know, kind of a fast river, so we'll do, we'll do the steering. Well, that was a terrible choice because my mom had never done it before, and they were like, they could not figure out how to work together, and we were way behind everybody else. Everyone was like halfway down the river, and here we are. My parents are like fighting, whatever, and pretty soon we like hit a rock and we tip over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is why I have fear boats. Anyway, uh, so <clears throat> we tip over. I got stuck underneath the boat, but just in the place between the rock and the boat where I couldn't get my head up underneath it to get air, and I couldn't wiggle out from underneath it, so my face was just down in the water, and my parents couldn't find me, so they were looking everywhere for me. They thought maybe I floated down the river. They were, like, looking everywhere. They are calling my name, and I'm like, I hear you, but I'm running for the water. You know, like, come on. So I was under there so long, and even though I was like a swimmer as a kid, I was like good at holding my breath for a long time. Even though I was under there, you know, holding my breath as best I could, I got to the point where I was like, well, it's been a good 10 years, Lord. I'll see you in about a minute. And uh, <laughs> I literally was like, okay, here I come. And then just right when I said that, my dad flipped over the boat and here I am today. I'm still alive. So <laughs> everything worked out fine. However, it did definitely scar me for life. <laughs> and so, so I do not like going on boats very often, although I will steer a boat, but <laughs> I don't want someone else to steer the boat anymore. <laughs> hmm. So why do I tell you guys this story? 
Um, we're going to be talking together today about what that looks like to work together well on a ship. And so if you guys have been following along with us, or if you haven't, I'll tell you a little bit about the series we're in. It's called This is the Way. And yes, we did base it off of Star Wars, the Mandalorian show, um, because the Mandalorians, they were kind of homeless. They were without a home because their, their planet had blown up. And they were kind of traveling all over the universe, for lack of a better term, I guess. And <clears throat> everywhere they would go, they would face different cultures and different things that kind of clashed up against their set of values. And whenever they faced an issue like that, they would always come back to their code of ethics. And they would always, uh, you know, they would come up against an issue and the leader of that group would say, this is the way. And everyone else would say, yep, this is the way. And they would live by their code of ethics no matter where they were. And so I just, we just thought, wow, that actually is like, so relevant to us as Christians, as believers, because the early Christians, or actually before the word Christian happened, they were called followers of the way. And so what they would do whenever they would come up, an up with an issue, they would refer back to how Jesus lived and what Jesus said we should live like. And so for us, we're talking about what does that look like to live in the way that Jesus lived? And how does that look for us as believers? And so we're actually going to, um, we're going to talk about something. I had a, a pastor when I was younger who was so cheesy, and I, I love him, but he used to say this phrase that used to drive me crazy. And he used to say, you know, I just love fellowship because we're all just fellows in one ship. And I used to be like, this is the worst thing ever. Like, why? You're embarrassing me. But... <laughs> But guess what? It stuck with me 20 years later. So I was like, you know what? Cheesy works. Cheesy works because I remembered that phrase today because we decided that as a team, we decided we were going to talk about one of the things that we do together um, as this is the way is that we live together in fellowship. We live together in community. And so today we're going to just, we're going to get real cheesy. We're going to go on a journey on the fellowship. Okay, you guys ready? You guys ready to go, like, junior high? Like, silly, that's what we're going to do today. So just bear with me. Try to have as much fun as you can because we're going to talk about what it means uh, to grow on the journey. Now, if you've been on a, a longer cruise, have you, have you been on a cruise before? Or just been on a long boat ride? You know that you have to go through, like, the safety stuff before you go on your on your thing, right? They tell you, like, well, you got to put this on, you got to do that. Here's, if this happens, make sure you do this. If you've been on a white water rafting thing, they tell you what to do, like flip over, you know? So we're going to do that metaphorically today, okay? So we're going to get prepped for our journey because we're all going on this journey together on the fellowship, guys. <laughs> so today, our phrase of the day is going to be, this isn't a cruise ship, this is a fellowship, Okay, so every time you hear me say, this isn't a cruise ship, you guys are going to say, this is a fellowship, okay? So you're all going to be taking part in this today. So the first rule, we're going to go over the, the safety rules. First rule is that nobody sails alone because everyone knows that whenever you sail by yourself, you're really susceptible. If you get into a problem, if you hit any kind of snag, you're all by yourself. There's no one there to help you. And so if we see in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12, it says two are better than one because a good return comes when two work together. And if one of them falls, the other can help him up. But who will help the pitiful person who falls down alone? 
In the same way, if two lay down together, they can keep each other warm. But how will the one who sleeps alone stay warm against the night? And if one person is vulnerable to attack, two can drive the attacker away. And as the saying goes, a rope is made of three a, ro ugh, a rope made of three strands is not quickly broken. And so it doesn't really matter how amazing you are, you can't do everything alone. None of us have all the gifts and talents and skills to live our life by ourselves, and we need one another. Actually, scripture says that God gave us each a measure of of ability so that we will have to lean on each other because we're not God, but even God, even God chose to work with others. We, we see the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit working in tandem together to create people. And so he, they said, God said, hey, let us make man and woman in our image. And so even when he was creating us, even when he's doing, he was creating the world, he, could he have done it by himself? I don't know, maybe, but he did it with others. So even God works with others. So, so we need to as well. And we see this in Romans 12, 3 through 5. And it says, God has assigned to each of us a measure of faith. For in the same way that one body has so many different parts, each with different functions, we too, the many, are different parts that form one body and the anointed one. Each of us is joined together with one another and we become together what we could not be alone. See, we were made to be complete together in the presence of God and other people. We're not supposed to do it alone. Not just you and God, not just you, not just you and others. You, God, and others together makes, makes us complete. And so, next one, safety rule number two. Do not jump ship, okay? Don't leave the fellowship because if you just picture this as if you're out in open water and you start, you just jump out in the middle of the ocean, you're not going to make it very long, right? Just why would you jump off the ship? You have a ship taking you where you need to go. Why would you do that, right? Because even though, even if you're the best swimmer in the world, even the best swimmers in the world can't just sit there and flail by themselves in place for hours even. Like after a few hours, even the best swimmers aren't going to make it. They're either going to become exhausted and drown, or they're going to get hypothermia. You, you can't survive out there and by yourself. And that's just not metaphorical. It's what happens when we actually isolate ourselves from each other. And PubMed actually did a study of what it looks like when a person goes into solitary confinement for just one day, and they actually can, they actually can sustain psychological and physical trauma to the point where you actually could be 26 to 36% more likely to die. That's crazy. You're like 26 to 36% more likely to experience death, an early death, just from one day in solitary confinement. And so if you jump off the fellowship, you jump off and you go out on your own, you, your body may survive, but your soul may not survive by itself. So don't jump out of fellowship with other people, okay? So even if you do jump out of the fellowship, even if you do go away for a while, or even if you've never been, you know, on the fellowship at all, we're always going to keep a line out for you. No matter how far you go out, no matter what the problems were, we're going to keep a line out because you matter. You matter to us. And so that leads me to our, our goal together on the fellowship because we're not just a cruise ship. We're a, 
we're a fellowship, right? So we're not here just to be entertained, right? We're here because God has something for us to do together. We're on a mission together, we're on a journey together. And so we've got some goals. So that first one is that we're gonna keep our eyes out for people who are drowning outside the ship. That is our first goal. No one left behind. And every single one of us is supposed to be participating in us because God's goal is that not a single one of his children should perish. And so literally he says that all of humanity, all people are his children. And so we need to think of other people as our brothers and sisters. Think of it with that depth and that amount of love for the people in your life, whether they know Jesus or they don't know Jesus. We're supposed to be looking for people who are drowning. So Mark 16, 15 through 16 says, go out into the world and share the good news with all of creation and anyone who believes this good news and is ceremonially washed or baptized uh, will be rescued. And then 1 Timothy 2, 3 to 4 says, God our Savior desires for everyone to be saved and to know the truth. And so you matter deeply to God and so does everyone else. We all matter so much to God. So I want you all to just imagine for a moment that you're out in a boat and you see someone drowning. So I I have four volunteers. I'm going to have you guys come forward for me. Um, Yes, can we give them a big hand? (laughs) Come on. Who is it? Oh, yeah? Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so Michael, I'm going to have you stay here. Um, Alexis, you can stay up here, and then I'm going to have you two go down there. Okay, we're on the fellowship. Okay? Yep. You two are going to be down here. Okay? Now, (laughs) they're drowning. Okay, they're out in the water. So, yes, yes. She's got it. She's got it. She knows, okay? So, (laughs) imagine we're all all here on the fellowship, and we see people drowning. What's your first reaction going to be? Hopefully, right? Okay, right? So, uh, our, not yet, not yet. Nope, 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 no. You got to keep, you got to stay there. Not yet. So, listen, would you look away and just kind of pretend that they're not there? I, I certainly hope not. Would you just pretend like that everything's normal and they're not struggling? Would you do that? <laughs> no. Would you come up with reasons why maybe they wouldn't, maybe our fellowship isn't cool enough for them? Maybe they want to stay out there. No, no, you would not do that, right? You would not do that, but so many times we do that in our faith, don't we? We try to give reasons why people might not want to experience (laughs) the hope of the fellowship. He really needs help. He really needs help. I know. See, they really need help, you guys. So why would we why would we drive past them? We would we would not do this. God has en- called us all to engage in the rescue operation. So how do we engage in the rescue operation? Okay. So each one of us, first and foremost, should do all we can to empathize and find commonality with the people that God puts in our path. I, you, I know you guys are getting tired, aren't you? See what I'm saying? Don't be out there on your on your own. Okay. First <laughs> Corinthians nine twenty two said. When I'm, when I'm with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. So, first and foremost, your, your common ground, this is where we're going to call it the lifesaver, okay? So, you just wait, though, okay? Don't give it, don't give it to him yet. Okay, okay, good, yeah. So, 
Well, actually, you know what, Alexis, you can go ahead. You can give her one, okay? So that's your common ground. You're giving them the common ground, okay? So, but that's only one part of it, okay? Because without offering them the hope, the truth of God, they're going to float away. Okay, see, so you're going to have to float a little bit away. I'm sorry. Okay? She's going to just be floating for a while. Poor girl. Okay? Um, so next, the next thing is, so the truth of God that we have, the hope that we have God, I told you all we're going to cheesy. The hope is the rope that's going to pull them back into the ship. Okay? Because if we believe that God is the one who rescues us, God is the one who saves us, we have to share our hope of what God has done in our life, right? It's not just about being nice and fun with people. That's cool and that's fun, but they're still out there. They still don't know him. So, um, Alexis, if you want to, you can um, give Michael that one. Michael, you want to put that rope around there, and you can, uh, you can go ahead and bring him in. Okay? So, the hope is the rope that lets them trust you enough to bring them to safety, right? To bring them onto the ship. And it's not your job, it's not your role to make them accept it. He's got to choose it. Well, do you choose? You choosing? Okay. You can bring him in. You can bring him onto the ship, okay? Okay? <laughs> so, it's just sharing your story with people. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So the hope is when you're sharing, you're just sharing your story with people. You're just offering them the hope that Jesus gave to you, okay? You, because you already know that you've got a common ground, and you know that they're going through something difficult. And so when you're sharing the hope that God gave you, you're giving them the permission to come on board, right? And so it's not about hitting a rescue quota, okay? That's not what this is. It's not a competition. This is about us just caring enough that people are drowning, it's just about us caring that people are drowning. And you don't have to stand on the street corner and shout, please don't do that. Nobody likes to be shouted at or preached at or have signs shown in their face. I hate that. I'm going to walk on the other side of the street if you do that to me, right? And I love Jesus, but I don't want to be yelled at, so don't do that, please. Offer, just offer empathy with people. Share common ground with them and give them hope that goodness still exists by the way that you live your life and by the way that you talk about God and the hope that he's given you. So, like I said, it's not, up, it's not up to you whether they take the rope, but it is up to you to offer that hope, okay? So Romans 1, 16 to 17 says, For I'm not the least, least bit embarrassed about the gospel. I won't shy away from it because it's God's power to save every person who believes. And so I think Paul was really specific when he used the term embarrassed because I think it's still accurate sometimes. I think some of us can feel embarrassed to talk about God. And I think one of the reasons is because, well, obviously some, a lot of Christians have made a weird name for us. There's a lot of crazies out there doing some wild stuff. But I think aside from that, I think it's, sometimes it's really hard for us to go back to the place where we were. We, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to even think about who I was before I knew Jesus. And we put it out of our minds and we forget about it. Like, like a woman who <laughs> tries to have a second child, she forgot about the pain. I don't know why we do that. We, as soon as we have our child, we're like, I'm never doing that again. That was so much pain. And then two months later, we're like, I want another one, right? We forget about how painful it was. But God is asking us to go back and enter that pain because it's when we share our pain with others, when we revisit that pain, that we're, be, we're able to connect with other people. So we've got to practice remembering that even though we were one time living in a dark place, 
Sometimes we're still living in a dark place. We're still having to come back and seek God. It's not just a one-time thing. Every day, we still need God's hope. And so if we can constantly remember our need for God, and just to share that hope in him, it's just going to become second nature for us to offer the hope that we've received. So it's not some crazy thing where you have to go out and preach the gospel or know all the scriptures in the world or, you know, give someone a sermon. You're just sharing your story, just sharing your hope, okay? So safety tip, though, okay, when we're out here, you got to look out for mermaids, okay? So I'm so sorry, Samir, but you're a mermaid today, too, okay? So, all right, but I think you might like the outfit, so I think it'll be okay. Come on over here, babes. All right. Yes, she's a little mermaid princess. So what are mermaids? You guys know like the old stories about mermaids, like luring sailors in, right? This is our safety trips. You got to look out for mermaids, okay? Because mermaids are going to be like, come on in here. That's really nice, right? This is really good out here. So yeah, you can, yeah, you're so good at this. She's, she's the best at this. So, you got to be careful when you're in a vulnerable place. He will just, like, he just got rescued up on the ship, right? He just got up here, and he does not have his safety equipment yet, okay? So that's when you're in a vulnerable place, and that's maybe you're new on the ship, or maybe you're feeling a little bit emotionally hope, or, like, low on hope, or you just saw your ex, right? And so you're, pretty, you're feeling low. That's where we're going, Right? Um, so what do you, what might you do if you see a mermaid out there and you're like, help, rescue me. The mermaid's like, come back in here. I need rescuing. Will is here without his safety equipment. So Will, why don't you walk over here and, um, try to rescue her? Yeah. 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 No, you're going to try to, this, you're in a low place right now. You just saw your ex. So, okay. Try to pull her in. Okay. You guys pull. Pull with all your might. Keep pulling. Yeah, you keep pulling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look. This is what happens. This is what happens when you pay attention to mermaids, okay? Okay, because you pull on each other, right? But here's the thing. Even if you are with you, when you're not with your safety equipment, right? You're in a low place. Whenever you try to pull someone up from a low place, they're going to pull you back down because they've got the leverage on you, right? And so God's never going to ask you to jump ship without your safety equipment or enter into a situation of personal temptation to rescue another person. And that would be different things in your life. That can be different for every person. So mermaids could be social media. I don't know. Whatever brings you down to a dark place. It could be TV shows or whatever, whatever you're consuming inside of your head. It could be relationships that you know every time you go with those people, they they encourage you to do things that you, to be a person that you don't want to be, right? Because misery loves company, and they want to bring you down to their level, okay? And they're going to try to suck you into their drama and get you engaged in pointless fights or dumb things, right? But you have to ignore them, and you have to learn how to limit their influence over you, okay? So actually, you don't have to ignore them. You know, they're still God's children. They're still loved. But that doesn't mean that you have to let them influence you. You don't have to give them the power to have influence over you. And you certainly don't need to try to go rescue them without your rescue equipment. Because even 
Like every person who is a lifeguard will tell you that you need to go into the water with rescue equipment because if you try to get in there without it, they can pull you down. You need something to help have them, for them to hold on to so that they can come in, right? So 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18 says, Keep your guard and don't let unprincipled people pull you away from the sure ground of the truth with their lies and misunderstandings. Instead, grow in grace and in the truth and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. So the fellowship will always make time to stop for drowning people, even mermaids. So you can go ahead. You can offer them the hope and the rope. They can both come in. The mermaid, you can, you can keep on your mermaids, okay? If you want that, you're special. You can have that. <laughs> so you, you can bring them both in, yep. You can give them a big old hand. <laughs> okay. So now they're all on here. Hang on. Oh, you know what? We got a we got a raft out there. We need everyone needs a raft. Everyone needs a raft, right? Because we're all part of this. We're all part of the rescue mission, yeah. So everyone gets one when they're up. You all have your safety equipment now, okay? We're good. You're good. Okay. So goal number two is to take care of one another and the ship. Okay? So the way that we do that is by using, well, there's a bunch of ways. We're going to talk about those. But we're going to talk a lot about Romans 12. You guys have time later to read about it. Read Romans 12 and 13. It's great. But um, we're going to just do a little bit. So the first way is using your gifts. And so verse 6 says, Since our, our gifts vary depending on the grace poured out on each of us, it's important that we exercise those gifts that we've been given. If prophecy is your gift, then speak as a prophet according to your proportion of faith. If service is your gift, then serve well. If teaching is your gift, then teach well. If you've been given a voice of encouragement, then use it often. If giving is your gift, then be generous. If leading, then be eager to get started. And if sharing God's mercy, then be cheerful in sharing in it. And I love how different these all are because that's how we are. We're all so different. We all have different gifts that we have. And there's so many more. That's just a snippet of that, right? But when someone isn't playing their part, we all miss out and things are left undone and needs go unmet and so the very existence of the fellowship is dependent on each of us owning our zone because guys this is not a cruise ship this is a fellowship and we're all part of this ship we're all part of making sure this ship sails well so um, imagine a captain so you know what will you've been you've been good you've been very patient i'm going to make you the captain today so, I'm going to make sure that you, I want to load you up, okay? So, you're our ship captain, and I'm going to give you all the things to do. But first, you need your hat, okay? So, so imagine the ship captain, and he's going to have to, you know, keep a lookout for everybody. And he's going to have to watch all the kids. <laughs> he also has to steer the ship. Okay, you're going to have to put the floaties on the kids who can't swim, too. Okay, well, not. Yep, yep, come on. Good, okay. You got to throw this out when people are drowning. You got to give this to someone else who needs it, okay? Got, got a couple more things. Hold on. You good? You, you good? Where's my other thing? Yeah, you got to make the coffee. You got to make the coffee. You got this? Can you hold it? Okay, you got to keep holding that, okay? Hold on to that. Don't let it fall. Do you think he can do this by himself for very long? No, we're going to run into stuff for sure. 
if he's doing this, if he's the captain and he's trying to steer the boat and watch the kids and throw the net and put the floaties on the kids who can't swim, we're get, people are going to go, un, like, they're going to go hungry. We're going to run into stuff. The ship's going to fall apart. It's going to be a hot mess, right? So things will fall apart. And you know what? Pretty soon he's going to go, I'm going back in that water because that might be better than all of this, right? <laughs> and so we don't want to overload him to the point where he's like, I don't even want to be here. I'm doing everything and nobody's helping me out, right? So <laughs> we always talk about how there's like 20% of the people doing the work and 80% of the people doing nothing and being served. But the, on the fellowship, it doesn't work like that. We're all taking part in this, okay? So we've got people who are like, oh, I got one more. I didn't give it to you, but yeah, I'll come back to that actually. We got people who have their own gifts. So you know what? We're going to give this to the mermaid because she likes to net people in. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, you know what? I don't know if this net's going to work. Okay, so so we've got, an, this is like our evangelist right here. She likes to bring people in. Okay, she's good at this, yep. And then we've got teachers. They're the ones who are, you know, making sure that all the, everyone knows the basics of swimming before they take off their, their training wheels, right? They're making sure that we all know how to survive. Then we got, you know, the captain. Well, no, you're the captain. You're the captain. No, here you go. You got to look out. You got to keep a lookout. You're our prophet, right? You're going to help us see what's coming down the road. The baby. Here, Nishi. Can you watch the baby? Okay, watch the baby. Kathy, can you make the coffee, please? We need your help. Okay. So Will, so now Will can steer us, right? Because the captain isn't the only one should be doing the work, right? The captain is equipping the shipmates to do the work right? That's the captain's job, right? So on this ship, it's not a cruise ship, right? It's, it's a fellowship. So we all have a part to play. And everybody looks out for people, right? Everybody looks out for people. And we look out for people out there, but we also take care of each other in here. So whether that's a spiritual gift or whether that's an actual physical gift, like cooking or watching the kids or whatever. Whatever your gift is, they all matter. They're important, and we take care of one another in this place and out there, okay? Because we're not a cruise ship. We're a... And what I do affects you, and what you do affects me, and what I don't do affects you, and what you don't do affects me, right? All right. So, you guys, let's give them a huge round of applause. They were amazing. You guys can um, you guys can be dismissed. Uh, yeah, you can keep that. You can just actually throw all this stuff like in my little box over here, and uh, and then you guys can go. Okay, here, I'll bring it to you. All right. So, next thing that we do on the fellowship, we share our resources. So. Now, verse 13 says, share what you have with the saints so they lack nothing and take every opportunity to open your life and your home to others. Because when everyone brings a little bit, there's always enough for everyone. It's just like a potluck, right? It's like somehow we're feeding the 5,000. You bring your 10 chicken nuggets and you bring your pie and somehow we're all full, right? But if we all just bring a little bit, everyone is taken care of. So we don't want anyone on this ship going without their basic needs. And if they are, then we haven't done our job well. 
And so if you're ever in a time of need, just let us know. Don't feel ashamed. We've all been there at one point or another where we've had needs, whether that's a physical need, a spiritual need, um, a financial need, whatever that need is, we're a family. We work together. We take care of each other on this ship. And so don't ever be ashamed to ask for help because that's what we're here for. When, and when you're in a place of overflow, be so quick to pitch in that the person doesn't even have a chance to wonder if God will come through because you've already solved the problem before we even got there. Like last week, uh, Venus texted us and she was like, my car broke down. I don't know if I can get to church, but I live in Carson. Okay, and so she's texting our staff, but like literally within that minute, David's texting back and he's like, I'll pitch in for an Uber for you. And then the rest of the staff is like, yeah, me too. And then Sam, the kids director was like, nope, don't worry, I'm coming to pick you up. From Irvine, I'll drive to Carson. So someone else jumped in and helped her so we could get Venus here. And that, yes, that is what we do. We take care of each other before anyone even has a chance to worry about it. And that's just what we do. The next thing we do is that we grow strong and healthy and mature in every way. That's another one of our goals. And so we're going to love others well. First uh, 9 says, love others well and don't hide behind a mask. Love authentically. Despise evil and pursue what is good as if your life depends on it. Live in true devotion to one another, loving each other as sisters and brothers. And be first to honor each other by putting others first. Do not slacken your faithfulness and hard work and let your spirit be on fire, bubbling up and boiling over as you serve the Lord. And do not forget to rejoice, for your hope is always just around the corner. Hold up through hard times that are coming and devote yourselves to prayer. So, of course, in this place, we are serious about growing in our faith and in our love. And that looks like a lot of times just reading the scripture together and praying together because something wild happens. God says that he's there in our midst when two or three gather together when we share the scripture together. He's there growing us and doing things in us. We serve one another. We worship with passion here. Passion is bubbling up and over in us because it's real. We're not just singing songs. We truly are so thankful for God and for all he's done in our life. We cling to hope and sometimes we have to do it for each other, right? We have to hold on to the person next to us while we're holding on to that as well. We honor and we encourage each other to keep going. We notice when someone is struggling, right? Because this is not a, cloud, a cruise ship where we come to lounge. It's a fellowship, <laughs> the fellowship, right? Where we're growing in our faith, okay? So safety tip number four is make sure you save the flare bullets for the enemy, not your shipmates, okay? Our actions can cause other fellowshippers to jump ship. And I pray that none of that is ever done by any of us. I pray that we never cause someone else to lose their faith because the Bible says, woe is that person who causes another believer to stumble. They might, it says they might as well tie a millstone around their neck and be thrown into the middle of the ocean, Right? And we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that to each other. I don't want to do that to myself, okay? So we save the bullets for the emergencies or for the enemy, right? Not for our shipmates. And so nothing will do that faster. Nothing will sink our ship faster than us shooting at one another on the ship. And I see it all the time. Not in this church. Everyone's perfect here. But I've been in churches in the past 
where people were jealous and fighting for position and doing things and had pride in their life and so they just felt like they needed to criticize one another. And so, look, we are a church and no one is perfect here. We're all here because we need Jesus, right? We've all been rescued from the dark places in our life. And so we, we have grace for that and we know that everyone here is on their own journey and it takes time, no one is perfect, but that doesn't give us the right to treat each other harshly or to judge or condemn one another. Colossians 3.13 says, put up with one another, forgive, pardon any offenses against one another as the Lord has pardoned you because you should act in kind. So nothing will take a sh- sink a ship faster than us taking shots at our fellowship mates because when you shoot at the people on the boat, you're, you're causing holes in the boat and you're making your own sink, your own ship sink. And not only that, but sometimes I see other Christians shooting at other ships, trying to take down other ships. But the point isn't for us to be the best ship. The point is to get as many people to the destination, to God, as possible. So that when we get to heaven one day, God is going to look at us and he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful fellowshippers, right? My good and faithful servants. Well done, because you cared for each other. You loved each other. You got as many people here as possible. You got here, and you're mature, and you, have, you are presentable. You look like me. You've loved well. Good job. Great job on your mission and the fellowship. And so that's my prayer for us today, you guys. I know we were silly, and we had a lot of fun, but we're really serious around here about taking care of each other and being there for one another and for, for bringing people in who are drowning with the heaviness of life. And so God's calling each of one of us to participate. And so I just pray that today, even though we were silly and having fun, that you leave knowing that you are loved and that the people in your life are loved and your purpose matters. So let's go ahead and we'll pray and then let's enter into a time of worship. God, I thank you for each and every person here, God. I thank you that you've brought them here today. I thank you that you have a purpose for them and that you have not forgotten them. And so I just pray that as we go into worship, Lord, you would speak with each person and minister to their heart exactly how they need. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message at Voice Church. We hope it inspired you to live a life more faithfully for Jesus and to be a voice of hope for your community. We'd love for you to join us in person on a Sunday. And until then, we hope you have a beautiful week.